Welcome, everybody, to the show. I am super excited to be giving you guys a sneak preview of some of the things that are coming up in the Get Coached program. Today, I have Sunil Godsey. He is an intuitionologist. Uh, yeah, it sounds fancy because it is. And he's written a couple of books. Uh, one's called Gut, but he's done a deep, deep dive into intuition and understanding our heart. And he's going to be one of my special guests coming up in the hashtag Get Coached program. Um, and I'm really, really ecstatic to have him on the show. He was an amazing guest. He has a lot of value to offer. So definitely go and take the seven-day intuition challenge. And if you're interested in working uh, in the group, the hashtag Get Coached group, go and hit the link in the description and schedule a discovery call with me. Um, I would love to work with you. If you want to work with me, I want to work with you. And it's an amazing group and a really cool opportunity. We're all going to be just doing amazing things by the end of this course. So check that out and enjoy the show. <laughs> okay. So you really want to know, huh? Fine. I'm going to start by telling you this. And this is important, so listen up. Your entire life, this one and many others, you've been a god who uses its absolute power to make yourself powerless. Entire cultures, especially this one, have all been afraid of their weaknesses, supposedly, when in reality, they've all been afraid of their power. This goes beyond the matrix of reality. This is something much deeper than that. This is eternal. This is fully realizing your consciousness. This is infinite. This is evolution. This is our divine right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is Bootsy Greencast. Uh, I have an amazing guest today that I'm really excited to speak with, Sunil Godsey. He is a author and a speaker. Uh, he has a, written a book. He's written a couple of books, actually, uh, on intuition, intuitionology. We're going to take a look at that. Uh, before we get started, I just want to go ahead and say big, big thanks to my friends at ContentSafe uh, for distributing this uh, all over the internet. Um, I really appreciate all their hard work and diligence so that this podcast can be found in the deepest reaches of the World Wide Web. And you don't have to go on the Wayback Machine, you know, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. But Sunil uh, has an amazing website here, intuitionology.com. I love the name. I love the message. Sunil, thank you so very much for coming on to the podcast. A pleasure. I'm, I'm happy, happy, happy. It's a great start of the week for me to come on your podcast. You're doing some amazing things um, with, 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 with what you're doing and the messaging that you're giving. It's really resonating with sort of, uh, you know, my vibe. That's awesome. Well, I mean, it's intuition. So I really yeah. feel like at the deepest core of ourselves, that's really where the truth is. That's where our connection yes. to everything is. And so I'm really excited to explore intuition. Uh, let's first just talk a little bit about how you discovered this. How, how did you come into uh, really, you know, start to study intuition itself? Absolutely. So uh, I wrote my first book called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster, and it was really about uh, entrepreneurship and the hurdles. And the, the idea of the book was if you learn the lessons from others, then you shouldn't be failing. Uh, and so I interviewed over close to 300 people for that book uh, and 75 stories made it into the book. And, and when I used to speak on stage, 
one of the constant things I kept asking is, okay, give me the golden nugget as an entrepreneur that I can overcome that's going to make me successful. And at that time, I used to roll my eyes saying, okay, listen, this is why there's 75 stories that, that kind of filtered through. But when I went back to the podcast interviews and listened to the stories, 80 to 90% of the people who were speaking about the failures or hurdles that they had, some reason used some language around, uh, they knew what they, they should have done, trusted my intuition, I should have trusted my gut. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to string this together going, oh my God, like this, why, what is this thing called intuition? And so I sit back and I think back to, okay, when did I ignore my intuition? And so the first thing that pops up is when I ignore my intuition to go into a career. As your, your guest, Sunny Sharma, talked about it in 2019, where you, you get into the societal norms mm-hmm. and you think, you, and I'm South Asian, so doctor, lawyer, engineer, or the fourth is failure. So I went through door number three, and that was an engineer, and I hated it. I had three years in a career I shouldn't be making, uh, I should be happy in. And at the same time, I started running a, uh, as an investor, a restaurant part-time. I was making five times more as an investor than I was in engineering. And so three years later, it snapped, and I trust my intuition to go into entrepreneurship. And $20 million later, several ventures that started me on the consulting route. Um, the other time was I, there was a management consulting contract that was, it was, it came through money was fantastic Silicon Valley, but the contract terms are changing. And it, again, this feeling was saying, don't take it. But I was so enamored by the money sure. that I went down to the States. I spent every single penny. Uh, and I came back with 25 cents in my bank account because the company didn't pay me. And perhaps the most devastating one was uh, I was doing some coaching at the time and a friend of mine was being stalked and she needed some advice. And uh, so this voice was telling me, meet with her that afternoon. But for some reason, I just said, uh, you know, let's meet a couple of days later. And I didn't have anything pressing. Uh, And what ended up happening is that she got shot and killed by that guy the very next day. And I knew, I knew it. And so if I look at all these things where I ignored my intuition, there was that something that was telling me what the right decision was. And I really needed to dig deep into finding what that something is. And so when I started doing some research around it, boom, I found MRIs that show where where intuition is uh, in the subconscious area of your brain. At that time, there was seven to 10 second delay between intuition and an action or decision. A neurology research that's going to be coming out uh, soon is showing that that's an actual 23 second delay, much fa- much earlier than we think. Um, and again, um, time and time again, what are these things called? Oh, is, what is this something? How does it function? How does it speak to us? And so this is when I started researching things called intuitive signals. And so each of our signals are very unique. So how, uh, you know, you and I can be in the exact same situation and you would get a signal that could be the hairs on the back of your neck uh, standing up. For me, uh, it could be my heart just starts pounding or I get that, that feeling in the gut. And what happens is we sometimes use a common term like this voice or this gut reaction, which is great. Everybody's got this common signal. But how do you know that's the first signal? Maybe that's the third signal. And if it's the third signal, that means you've already made two bad decisions. So why did you ignore those two signals previous to that? So what the whole Intuitionology project is about is to educate people on, okay, this is how complex your intuition is. Here's some, here's some science if you need it. And if you don't, you know, this is, here are the components and this is how it works. And I get people to actually go through a seven-day challenge where they actually take the components of the intuition and they solve a problem. So here, like, let it work for you first. And once you go through that problem, you now have a template on how to solve every other problem or make every decision moving forward. 
And perhaps the, the greatest the, or the pinnacle moment for my Intuitionology project was a friend of mine who was at that time, he was CEO and chairman of Kara Foods Limited. Uh, he didn't believe in intuition. This is an investment banker. He says, Sunil, you know what? I'll give you an hour. Uh, we'll talk about intuition for about five minutes because I don't get it. And the rest of my 55 minutes, let's have a cappuccino. Uh, so I go down to Toronto to, to interview him. And it's very clear that the cameras are on. He's saying, yeah, you know, I wish I could meet these people who see omens and intuition. Yeah, I just don't think it, it filters into your decisions. Uh, you know, and, and these are his words. Wow. And then I'm educating him on what intuition is. And there's a component of intuition. There's four types of intuition. And one of the four types is called experiential intuition. Experiential intuition does rely on your past learning, your past data. Uh, and, and that's where he was because he was an investment banker. So Excel spreadsheets, complex models was how he made decisions. And then when I started educating him half an hour into the interview, we start talking about a, a, minute, a time when he went against the data and he's now getting it. And he said, yeah, you know what? There was a time I went against the data and it ended up becoming one of his most profitable brands in his restaurant portfolio. And then at the very end of the interview, I, and there's one, there's another uh, one called creative intuition and creative intuition is the, the, the fourth one of the four. And it makes you uh, make the decision ultimately from the other three types of intuition. And it could be very obtuse. So I asked him, when did you make a real crazy decision uh, that your intuition kind of led you through? And that by this time in an hour and he's getting, it. he understands it. He says, Oh, I could, that's an easy one. So this guy, seven, three, $4 million a year, private jets, restaurants, limousines, he trades it all off to run this tiny bankrupt little restaurant. And everybody was thinking he was crazy. I'm sure his friends were calling their psychiatrists and psychologists to get him an, uh, an appointment, but he did, he quit. And he walked into that tiny bankrupt little restaurant. That was Eastside Mario's location number one. And that ended up being a th over a thousand locations over 20 years, $2 billion in revenues because of an intuitive moment, an intuitive decision. That's the power of intuition when you apply it to making decisions. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it comes as no surprise to me. Like I know how important, you know, intuition is. It's, it's our heart, right? Like, and that's what's connected to infinite intelligence. And Absolutely. So I think it's very uh, intriguing and fascinating. You know, people call themselves psychic or, they call, or whatever, you know, like we all have different uh, terms and expressions to describe basically our intuition. I remember when I was a kid, I don't know why this just floated up, but like right before the phone would ring, you know, I would just get this like, like this, just like, uh, I don't know even how to describe it. That's another interesting thing in this exploration, this study, because what you're dealing with here, there's not really a lot of, uh, you know, terminology to yep. really describe these sensations, these feelings that are basic based in our sixth sense, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I do remember like I would right before the phone would ring, I would feel this like, like an in-breath almost. And then the phone would ring when I was a kid, you know, little things like that. I, I can tell you how I've ignored red flags in relationships, uh, businesses. I mean, the list goes on. I've made a lot of mistakes. So definitely your first book <laughs> yeah. about failure. Um, I'm, I'm pretty well versed in that, but you know, also <laughs> I love outwitting the devil, the idea of temporary defeat, right? Like yep. we have a, um, we have a purpose that doesn't change, but the plan will, and it will mm -hmm. shift around via temporary defeat that disrupts the law of hypnotic rhythm. And then we shift and do a different plan. 
And that's basically, you know, how that whole thing rolls out. Could you maybe go over the four types of intuition? I'm super sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about experiential intuition and the creative intuition. The other two are uh, relational intuition and situational intuition. And so what the other two pick up on, relational intuition looks at the other person. So you're looking at body language. You're looking at, it takes seven seconds to trust someone. Uh, and within those seven seconds, you're looking at body twitches. How's the angle? Um, is there a difference between the actions and the words? And it's always like a camera, like a So if someone is good enough in convincing you initially, you're going to be consistently watching. Your intuition is going to be consistently watching to make sure that it's always consistent. And can that person be trusted uh, for you? Uh, and so relational intuition will look at all those kind of things, even the words on a piece of paper. And you know, what it also does is establishes a baseline. So if someone is naturally nervous, your intuition will take that as a baseline. It's, it's the detractions from that that becomes deceptive or becomes trustworthy that your intuition is picking up on. Hmm. And the, the other one, is the, the fourth of the four is situational intuition. It's looking at, you get into a room or a situation, you feel like, there, is there something out of place? Hmm. Or, uh, you know, is, is everything arranged properly? Or I just sense danger, you know, and some people, uh, you know, can go down an alleyway and they sense it. Um, I even interviewed someone who was blind and her service dog went down a, a, this was a lane that she kept going down. And for some reason, this one night, uh, this, uh, her service dog stopped. And so her intuition was to transfer to the service dog. And she said, mm, something's not right here. And so we're going to take a different route. So that's situational intuition coming at play. So you have all these four creative, which is the decision, experiential, situational, relational, all four types of intuition come together in a split second that helps you make that decision. And one of the things that experiential intuition does is the moment that you're born, it's collecting all these experiences that are relevant to you. And it stores this in the subconscious area of your brain, mm -hmm. like a library. So if you look at your, your brain, like, or, or your, your conscious, subconscious conscious, like a, an iceberg, 90% is underwater, which is your subconscious, 10% above water. And I'm, I'm speaking to the, uh, to, to the, uh, you know, obviously to the expert here. Uh, but uh, for those who, who can't really sort of, that gives you a good visual. And so all your, your experiences go down there. So your intuition, again, in a split second, is going to pull out those experiences that are relevant for that decision you're about to make. And it informs you and boom, now it sends you a signal to tell you whether it's right or wrong. So is it a positive signal? And some people say it's a pull, a knowing, the dots connecting. These are common positive signals. And the negative signals like, huh, the hair's on the back of your neck going, seeing an orb, an omen that's a little bit darkish, even though there's no color. And in one case, an entrepreneur, his left earlobe kept, kept getting hot. Hmm. Every time he made a bad decision to go into a venture, <laughs> every single time. In fact, when I was interviewing him, he didn't know. He said, ah, you know, Sunil, I, I, I don't I don't know what these signals are. You know, I, so give me some time. So we still kept talking about it. And we started talking about his failures. Every venture he talks about, he starts grabbing his left earlobe. And he goes, I just got it. Oh, my God. And now he recalls when he used to talk to his wife, his left earlobe used to get hot every time he complained about the business that he was in. And, you know, he made it decent money. It, and that's not the point. The point is he was so unhappy. Yeah. So and one of the things I talk about is opportunity cost. And people don't realize that opportunity cost is actually two times the cost. It's not just the cost of you doing the wrong thing, making the wrong decision, going into the wrong business or whatever the case is in your life. 
it's also the cost of not doing the right thing. So it's actually two times the cost or more. So when you make a bad decision, you're really making a bad decision. That's twice, uh, it's hurting you twice as much. Wow. Yeah, that's really it's like a poker tell, huh? So yeah. it's like, he didn't even realize, but he would grab his ear every single time. It's like yes. the body, the body knows, like the body knows it's, it's crazy. You know, we get very, very wrapped up in our mind. I'm thinking a little bit back to like power versus force by David Hawkins. Yes. I've got that. I'm just right. Looking at the book right here. Yeah. Yeah. The muscle testing, you know, yes. he does. And I've actually tried yep. that with sugar with a friend of mine, uh, my buddy, Will, and he was over here and he was like, dude, check it out. You know, he's yep. like, you know, hold your muscle. And then he was like, now eat the sugar. And then, you know, like my, I couldn't hold my arm up, you know, because yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like bizarre, but at the same time, simple. It's like, I guess simple yes. doesn't necessarily mean easy. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and the way the intuition works is it, the way I, I, I tell people, it's just like a car, right? So it's, it's simple in that you just turn the key or you, nowadays you push the button and you arrive. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to open the hood and look how comp at how complex it is, right? And for those who are fascinated by it, I kind of help them with that. But then what they they learn about the components of it that help them make that decision. And it's very, very important. And in fact, one of the things when you and you were talking about it, I think you just posted a video five hours ago on YouTube channel, you were talking about sort of the, that the potential that I think it was exciting potential. And you're talking about the balance, head and heart, yin, yang, whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, your intuition is always in balance as well. So when you decide to uh, make a bad decision, you have that exciting potential towards that bad decision. And now you're going to go through a slippery slope because all your energy is there. And if you're not careful and you take a step back, your intuition is still sign, you know, shining that light. You can always take a step back, look at the light and go the right way. But oftentimes because there's, there's that exciting potential, people are already engaged in that and it's a sunk cost. They go to the next the bad decision and the next bad decision and it's, it's really tough to say, but most people don't really realize the true value of intuition and its effect in helping you be successful, make successful decisions until they hit rock bottom. Uh, and it's, wow. it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but it's a lesson that we all learn. I mean, everybody, everybody does it. Um, one thing that happens to me, and um, you know, maybe you can speak on this a little bit, or, or maybe you've had some other people who, who, who have had the same similar experience, is when I do make that bad decision, then I become involved in whatever that uh, you know, relationship, business, opportunity, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I keep going down, keep going down, keep going down. And what keeps me from being like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. I, it doesn't feel right is that I've already invested ever so much. And also I have a fear of losing what I've already built within this relationship that's really not in resonance with me. Absolutely. And that, that was, that's basically your sunk cost. It's called sunk cost theory. Mm -hmm. You've already spent, you've, you've sunk the cost in terms of your money, your time, effort. But there's also four intuitive hurdles that what they do is they, they squash your ability to listen to the signals. That's all they do. They block it. They scramble it. And one is fear. And there's three types of fear, fear of failure, fear of the unknown, fear of change. So a lot of times people will want to go in a different direction or in a new direction, but they're afraid to take that first step, even though they know there's a positive signal, or maybe they don't because they haven't taken the time to figure out what their basket of positive and negative signals are, which is where most people are. They don't know what their signals are. So even though there's a positive signal and it feels uneasy, they, they, they feel the fear and they, they don't take action. So there's a lot of people with ideas but the ideas don't come to fruition unless you take it action. Everybody wants to change their life, 
but they don't take the action. And there was a statistic that I pulled from Harvard and Gallup in a room full of 25,000 people that all are having their hand up saying, I want to change. These are people that are motivated to change. The number of people in that room of 25,000 people that actually take the steps to change is one. One out of 25,000? One out of 25,000 people. And, and so fear is one of them. The second intuitive hurdle is ego. And there's two sides to ego. One side is narcissism, where you're talking because you want to be heard and you don't have that experience. And your intuition is telling you that because when you open your mouth, it's telling you to keep it shut. Um, the other side of ego is the herd mentality. So joining societal norms, uh, going with a group that you know goes against your values, you know better, but you, you still want to be popular with the clique. Um, uh, the, the, mm -hmm. the one that really gets relationships, the hurdle is being too emotional. And the one that gets a lot of people when following societal norms also is being too rational. This is what my family wants. This is what society dictates. Uh, the data needs to speak for itself, even though they know that the data goes, is, or their intuition is saying, uh-uh. That's not the step that you need to take. So when you have one of these four intuitive hurdles or a couple of them impacting you, your, your, your signals are scrambled and then, and then you're in trouble. And so in the, in the, um, and I'll give you a really good example of what you were talking about. You're in it. One of the interviewees I had, she actually didn't want to do an interview, but she's a friend of mine. She goes, okay, I'll do it. Had lunch with her. Uh, and I said, you can talk about anything. If you don't like what we talk about, we can always take your name out or whatever. She goes, yeah, okay, let's do it. And so the first question I used to ask on my podcast interviews um, was, when did intuition impact your life um, uh, in a bad way? Uh, or it, uh, when did you ignore your intuition? So some version of that. Mm -hmm. And so we sit down she, and I said, just look at me. Don't look at the film crew behind us. Just talk to me. We'll make it conversational. And she goes, are you ready? Yeah start rolling. And I asked the question and she goes, Oh yeah, I ignored my intuition and I was sexually assaulted. Oh Jesus. And in the next 45 minutes, we go down this why. So she was, it was a, it was a coworker. She wanted to be a friend. Then she makes the next thing meets him. His voice was changing, but I got to be a good friend and goes down the rabbit hole again. He invites her to her, his place. She walks in, the signals are saying, don't do it. No, but you know, I'm here for him. He needs me. Starts walking in, blowing up uh, big pictures of his wife and kids on the wall, like gigantic posters. There is a red flag. No. And she starts convincing herself beer bottles. And she keeps walking further and further and further in. And all this time, she's telling me all the signals that her intuition is saying, get out until she gets so close and he overpowers her. And this is someone, she's, she's a bodybuilder. Uh, so I'm pretty sure she can kick this guy's butt. But she be, became submissive. Um, he sexually assaulted her. And then, and then she tried to make it okay afterwards. I, I'm not an expert in coping mechanisms. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Uh, she was saying it wasn't okay. Uh, so this is for coming from her perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and then she justified it. And so she, and now she listens to those signals. She's learned a number of them, uh, a lot of red flags. So now she's a little bit more well-versed in her signals so that when those red flags come up again, no, there's no way I'm going into that relationship. There's no way I'm going into that room. There's no way I'm entering that decision because I've had this, this intuitive signal before that got me into a lot of trouble. Uh, and unfortunately, 
uh, it's it's those kind of things. And we're talking about rock bottom. You know, that's where you're going to learn the the lessons, the hardest lessons, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, that is unfortunate. I mean, it's uh, it's avoided by listening to our intuition. Um, wow. Um, that's, um, so I wanted to kind of maybe go back and talk about, you said, and this is interesting to me, like I love the scientific aspects of all of this because it's practical, it's pragmatic um, and usable. Um, so you say that it takes seven seconds to trust someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very interesting. I, I guess I have a theory and I'll make it uh, simple from sort of my view is yep. that our hearts are communicating when we meet someone and maybe our, and our minds are communicating as well. And uh, I'm wondering if maybe uh, sort of uh, our hearts are communicating and then our minds are communicating. And then when we don't trust someone, it's because they're displaying characteristics that are contradictory to what our hearts are communicating, for instance. Um, so, so like they're pretending they're maybe they're not incongruent or they're, they're not exactly portraying themselves as we are uh, intuitionally picking up on or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you nailed it. You've nailed it. Uh, and so when we're looking at a person, there's something incongruent, uh, whether it's the way they're approaching, uh, you've seen them talk before, uh, whatever it is, uh, or you've never, it's, it's a stranger and that stranger is a, uh, approaching you. Is that stranger approaching you in a manner that is safe uh, that is trusting. Uh, it, it could even be their hearts, their minds, the way they're dressed. Um, they're, it takes less than half a second to see a twitch. Uh, again, there's a baseline, but you're looking at the detractions from the baseline. And very, very quickly, you're looking at that. You're going to ask certain questions. Uh, you may, uh, you know, may look at the answers. Um, and, and it's pretty clear because, it, you know, the moment that you and I basically, you know, connected, we've got that connection with the heart and the minds uh, you probably have a sense. Well, uh, this, I think it's going to be good versus I don't know. There's something wrong with this person right away. You're um, a creep. And what you're going to do is in the next seven seconds or sometimes a little bit more, if you need a little bit more time, you're going to figure out what type of creep that person is. Right. And the other thing is things, people change, right? So in relationships, people change, their values change, circumstances change. So your intuition is still always looking to those mini first impressions uh, to say, wow, I didn't know you said that, or wow, this is a value that I didn't think you had. Uh, And just because it never came up. And so when those values cross a certain line in the sand for you, then that relationship should be over versus being tolerant of values that are different than yours. And so this is how it all depends upon what values are line crossers or what values are tolerant. I mean, I look at me and my wife and we're both, uh, you know, a type people. Uh, She's very conservative. I'm very extroverted and and, uh, very spontaneous. We have our, our, our disagreements, um, but our values essentially are in the same Venn diagram or subset that we can move ahead with. There's nothing obtuse about them that's saying, Whoa, you know, who did I marry here? Uh, and the problem w- with relationships when we get a bit too emotional is that we s- stick to that relationship because I'm using that, that, uh, that example. We convince ourselves, we talk to ourselves. Sometimes we surround our- ourselves with the wrong people that are giving us the wrong advice. And we know that because that person saying something that's convincing us that is stroking our biases. Whereas someone who's really telling you something, you're saying, your intuition saying, 
that person makes sense, but we shut them out, right? And so that's where your intuition gets really nitty gritty. Uh, and, and this is where, you know, frankly, this is where you have to trust it, right? Because ultimately you got to get out um, of that relationship. And if you don't, that, you know, or is it, there's that fear, right? You know, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed uh, Sarah Prout, who's now a manifestation expert. This is someone in a 10-year relationship, 40 instances of physical abuse, uh, roof over her head. And one December 31st, uh, her intuitive moment was saying, she's looked at the stars and says, get out. And so this is someone now who left uh, cold turkey, two kids in tow, $30,000 in debt, homeless. Uh, and she was picking up furniture on the side of the road. She was going into public washrooms, putting pieces of soap together so her kids can have a clean shower, eating bread and beans for days on end. Uh, and six, six years later, she ends up running a seven-year, a seven-figure business on manifestation. Um, but she was fearful and she ignored the signs early on like 40 times. And it was crazy. And she was telling me before we started the podcast interview, uh, she, she, she had a hard time talking about the, the relationship. Uh, and I said, I, I don't want to get into the relationship as much as the, the details more as to what your, for the function of your intuition was, but she did a gold cast video. That's how I found her. And to do a three minute segment, it took her six hours to do that three minute segment. That's how damaging that relationship was for her. And so you can imagine how many times her intuition was telling her to get out, get out, get out, get out, uh, right? And it's unfortunate, you know, she stayed. Uh, and, you know, luckily, uh, she trusted her intuition to open up those doors of opportunity one after another, one after another, and trusted, uh, you know, even though the circumstances were not, were not so great. But there, here she is. Well, that's an amazing story, um, <clears throat> and that is a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of abuse, and also a lot of uh, ignoring that that intuition. Yeah. It makes me think, um, you know, just on the topic of relationships, really, because often, you know, you start uh, down the relationship path with someone, or at least I can only speak from my own experience. But it's immediate, like, yeah, this isn't the right person. But you yes. Do it anyway, on the other hand, though, I've had experiences where it did feel right in the beginning. And then you go down that road for, you know, whatever amount of time. And then all of a sudden, boom, red flag. Um, any thoughts as to like why that might be? Like, why would it seem like it, it was in resonance for some time? And then you go down, you think, uh, theoretically speaking, do you think there's some reason why uh, we find those potential people to like maybe share something of ourselves or vice versa? They share something with us or expose us to a new idea. I don't know. I can't help but be a little bit of a hopeless romantic here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a couple of things there. One is when you, when you get the right, the, the, the positive vibes or positive intuitive signals at that moment, who that person is, what that, that function or how you had that relationship was really, really good. What you have to realize is they also change. They also are affected by other people, other circumstances, their values change they could be ignoring their intuition big time and maybe they fall prey to ego and they're in a bad circle. Uh, you, you know, and this has happened to people who've gotten to gangs or surrounded by criminals, right? They turn out really great, great set of values. And then they change over time. And I'm using an obtuse example uh, just to really clarify it in people's minds, but it doesn't have to be that obtuse. Yeah, no, that's good. But so as, so I could be best friends with someone when I'm young and the next thing you know, this person's, you know, going around in gangs uh, and 
I no longer know what that person is. And so we're talking and next thing, you know, this guy's talking about stealing or drugs or whatever it is. It's like, wow, like you're not the same person I knew, right? So he or she is always changing. You're also changing because you're being shaped by other people and hopefully you're trusting your intuition and shaping your values. So there's this natural ebb and flow of what the relationships are and what your intuition is doing, just as I was saying earlier, it's like a, a camera, right? Lots of snapshots and you're continually watching because you're, the whole thing of what the intuition is there is, is to protect you from um, those that are going to pull you down and to really filter your relationships so you surround yourself with only those who are going to move your life forward. These aren't yes people. These are people that are going to give you authentic, uh, real opinions uh, that you trust and that they know that they have your best interest at hand. And so, and that's an ebb and flow. There's going to be people that are coming in and going, and that's just the circle of life, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's great because some people change. I had, uh, there's a great couple we had, we were best friends for like probably about three, four years. And I don't know what changed. I just don't know. Something changed. And there was this looseness. There were behaviors that were really odd. And it came to a point where the relationship became one-sided between my family and theirs. And I said, you know, this is nuts. Like I can feel it already. I'm not sure why we keep giving second, well, not second chance, third, fourth, fifth chance, because your intuition always gives second chances. It's already done that second chance. Uh, and we and we prolonged it probably six months longer than we should have, which was okay. Sure. Uh, but we ended up leaving that relationship and, uh, you know, it just felt great because now all that time I'm sitting worrying, I'm not. I'm spending that time thinking good thoughts. Again, there's that opportunity cost. Uh, and, uh, so that's sort of how ebb and flow works with that relationships. Um, and so that way, you know, your intuition is always trying to surround yourself with people and it could be small. I mean, I, I, you and I would probably, but thousands of people in our lifetimes, I've got probably two or three that I can lean on maybe, and probably two that I I know, uh, I've got five that I can call. They'll be here for anything Two I can get a bit deeper on. Um, that's it. And I'm happy. I, I, it's not, it's, it's quality over quantity all the time. I totally agree with that 100%. But yeah, it's a good point. You know, we are always changing. We're always evolving. Our values are changing as we continue to develop, uh, you know, as, as human beings. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, I can't help, you know, we're sold this sort of narrative. There's a lot of social uh, sort of conditioning that is counter to what our intuition's telling us, you know, <laughs> from a very, very young age, we are kind of programmed uh, in certain ways to, to, to expect certain things of the world, even though we know, we already know <laughs> that it's not, yeah. it's not quite like that. Um, it's really interesting to think about the complexity of the intuition. Uh, and I'd also um, love to, uh, it's interesting, uh, I was listening to a podcast last night talking about Gustave Le Bon. Uh, he wrote a book called The Crowd many, many okay. years ago. It's a very old book. It's obviously he's French, but uh, basically talking about how people in groups don't really have uh, the same set of tools that they do in an individual sort of setting. So situationally, that makes a lot of sense. You know, there's a sort of overwhelming energy that, you know, uh, takes a hold of the crowd. And this is like years and years ago. Wait, it's an old book, like written in the, like the 20s or something like that. Uh, but as far as like pendulums go in the reality transurfing sort of methodology, uh, understanding that we sometimes sort of just get like over uh, overtaken or at least influenced by these big ideas that a lot of people are having, even though 
in that situation, we might not agree uh, entirely with what's going on. Like, I guess a lot of what we're seeing on the news and stuff, people protesting and things like that, uh, holding to our values and basically coming away from fear, um, the fear of basically being ostracized or being part of the group. Um, any, uh, any tips there as far as like how to basically stay present and congruent to your uh, intuition, even when, you know, like Emerson says, for nonconformity, the world whips you with its displeasure. I can't think of a more accurate quote that stuck with me since seventh grade, you know, but <laughs> for whatever reason, and, and uh, you know, self-reliance when we read that, even though it was kind of a little bit advanced for me at that time, it's always, always, always stuck with me. That's probably my favorite essay of all time. But as far as like, he, he says that, which is great. Like, thanks for the tip, bro. You know, <laughs> but like, uh, how can we uh, sort of maybe try to resolve that? What are some tools uh, that we can potentially implement to uh, eliminate that fear and maybe uh, open ourselves up when, whenever we're in a situation that we're like, hey, this doesn't feel right. Um, you know, uh, any, uh, any, any uh, wisdom there? Yeah, absolutely. So, so if, if as an individual, if you're looking at if some things don't feel right, yeah, you know, obviously the, the the big thing is taking an action in the right direction, right, and listening to the in, intuitive signals. Uh, and a lot of times, uh, well, I don't want to say a lot of times. It, it all depends on the person. It, in, in my case, not none of the time do I ever worry about what people think about it, right? For other people, a lot of the times it does matter, and you really have to separate yourself from those people who don't really understand. The decision you're making, but you're making a decision for yourself. Uh, and if you are making a decision and it's going to result in failure because you ignored your intuition, great, because that is all things that need to be parked in the subconscious area of your brain as lessons, lessons from failure, right? That was the whole premise of my first book. Um, and so it's taking all those uh, as you move forward. In a group setting, in a group setting, you're going to get dynamics from a whole bunch of people. So I've got a really good set of groups. We've got probably five close families. And I've got varying levels of closeness from them based on the intuitive signals, right? So some are great to have in the group setting. Others I'll get, we'll get together often, very often, uh, because we're very, very close. And that's where the values are shared. We enjoy each other's company. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to get into deep conversations. But for me, I can speak personally when I go to, to, to uh, one of my best buddies, I don't think about, you know, intuitionology. Uh, you know, I don't think about... Um, uh, stuff like that. And so for me, it's it's really amazing to to be there because I'm relaxed. I can be myself. Um, we share the same kind of jokes a bit. So for me, these are important. Uh, and there's others where, you know, I don't have a free-flowing conversation. Um, and so, you know, it, it's great. We enjoy as a group, uh, but it's not someone I get close with. So this is where I really kind of pay attention to those things that I think about. A lot of times the signals are uh, signs of uncomfortableness. It doesn't necessarily have to ring like a bell. Uh, so that uncomfortableness is also something, is that uncomfortableness a good uncomfortableness or is it a bad uncomfortableness? And so again, we're getting splitting hairs when it comes to intuition, but somewhere in your past, you've had that uncomfortableness before. So when you went with that uncomfortableness, that particular version of it, uh, at whatever it is, because it's intangible and it led to a good decision. Okay. That uncomfortableness is a positive signal. So 
that's when you make a decision that seems uncomfortable, but because it's positive because of the past experience I've had, I know that I can break through that mm -hmm. uncomfort because that's the right decision to make. So that's where looking at the past experience is really important. That's where really distilling down to what these, these feelings are, these, these in, intuitive signals. And it's also going to, and going through, through other situations are going to give you some more signals. And perhaps you get down to a basic signal that you're always going to, uh, you're always going to uh, now start to trust because you can ignore all the other signals down the line because now you're becoming a little bit more of an expert in your intuition, mm. right? And so that's what happens when you start practicing about uh, learning these intuitive signals. You get better and better and you get faster. And then you strip away the people that don't really matter because you're selecting the, the, um, uh, the things that you want to get into uh, because of who you are. And there's also the one thing we have to be careful is to, and this is where the intuitive hurdles come into play, to make sure that you don't say, well, intuition led me down that decision. And so when I'm doing my interviews for my podcast interview, uh, my podcast series, some people think that intuition has led them to the wrong path. And so one of them, one of my earlier guests was Mark Metry. Uh, and Mark's got a pretty popular podcast of his own. And so he was one that experienced social anxiety. And he basically lied in high school. This guy was making five or six figures, five figures in high school. And he needed to lie to fit in. And so he started by saying, well, intuition led me down the path to lying. And, uh, and then that led him to almost take his own life because he was just, he just didn't want to be part of the, the, the group. And I said, well, Mark, let's replay the podcast interview because and I, I'm happy to do that later. But one of the first things you said before you started telling me about your lies is I knew I shouldn't have, but when you made that statement, you're telling me your intuition told you that you shouldn't have. And you went down the rabbit hole of not listening to it to the point where you almost took your life in high school. So when you look at those times when people have failed and they say they kind of quote unquote, blame it on intuition, it's usually one of those four intuitive hurdles that are the culprits that got them to take those decisions uh, and not intuition because their intuition would have told them at the start, mm, this is not a good decision. Uh, and that's what they ignore. And sometimes that's a little bit of a whisper. Uh, and that's what Oprah calls it a whisper that kind of, mm, I don't know, but I'm going to do it anyways. And this could be just something mental in your mind. And that could be a, just a slight slope going down, or you've hit a slope that is just going to accelerate you and spiral you further down, down, and down. And you're not looking up to see the bright light that intuition is telling you, okay, you've gone down this slide. Here's how you get out of it. And you're just looking down. You're not even looking at intuition. You make the next bad decision. You don't look at intuition, those signals telling you to get out of it. And that's now how you end up hitting rock bottom. Wow. Yeah, that's fascinating. So I, I, I may have missed, uh, I, I definitely wrote down the first two intuitive, intuitive hurdles, fear and ego. Yep. Did you say there were four? There were four. The other ones is being too emotional okay. and being too rational. Okay. I did write that down. I wrote that down and uh, okay. Too emotional and too rational. Boy, I can, I've definitely done both of those things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's one of those, you know, uh, that's very rational and he'll always, you know, which is probably good because it balances me out. I'm definitely a little bit more impulsive than, than the old man. But, um, but, you know, he's always, you know, kind of like, 
said, you know, to almost ignore your emotions. And I'm like, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not, that can't be exactly right. Yeah. Um, but it really, I think, right. Should uh, ultimately things should line up between our, our heart and mind. That's at least, you know, the philosophy that um, I try and apply as often mm -hmm. as I possibly can. And I think that's as simplistic as that is, it's obviously not always easy to do. Um, I would like to um, maybe talk a little bit uh, about the creative intuition, something mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about. I love writing. I love uh, telling stories, doing comedy, things like that. Um, so maybe that's something we could uh, talk sure. about a little bit, if that's all right. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what creative intuition ultimately does is it helps you make that decision uh, that you need to make. And it could be something as simple as being, you know, just going left or right. Or in the case where you're looking to say, okay, where am I going to go with my talents? So one of the things that that intuition really works on is obviously there's goals that you want to do. And, and people talk about, you know, following your passion. But that passion has to be met with some kind of a purpose. So what's the purpose? What do you want to do? Uh, because intuition is, is, is in the present moment. A lot of people talk about it, but they're not. And we talked about earlier about uh, my, my friend Hal, who uh, had almost died from COVID-19, uh, right? And so it, for him, it was being in that present moment to, to live, right? Is intuition saying that he should live? So it's, it's taking your passion in the present moment and what purpose are you doing? What, what are you, how are you trying to affect the world? What are you trying to help other people with? What kind of value do you want to give them? And when you do that and there's an actual value that people are going to actually pay you for or spend time with, that's when your passion is matched with a purpose. And, and that's when you start making the decisions to move ahead to provide that value. And that value has to be, uh, if it's a career, that value has to be, in some cases, uh, something that the other person values that they exchange money for. And so this is where, for, for businesses, they when they get into a two-way, intuition's a two-way street. So very much like, you know, my intuition is looking to you to see if you're trusted. You're doing this exact same thing. So as an artist or a writer, what words or what, what art are you painting uh, assuming it's painting, that's going to create value for that other person that immerses them in something so emotional that they're going to give you $100 for, or they're going to read and dive you deeper into your world because you you triggered something. There's an emotional intuitive connection that's saying, hmm, this guy's really interesting. And you just look at thumbing through social media. What stops you? Okay. So it could be cat videos or what have you, mm -hmm. but what stops you and then reads the words? Then what stops you reads the words and dives deeper into that relationship? If the words don't match what that person is selling, you're gone, right? And so there's a lot of charlatans on social media doing that. Oh, yeah. I made $50,000, blah, I've done this, I've done that. Great, but they, you know, and they've got this chains and the Lamborghini and then what they show, uh, or unfortunately people invest money and they, they just, they don't get the value. They're not going to tell other people and you've lost the game because you're chasing bottom feeders now. So this is where you, you really have to, to develop a deep relationship. What's your purpose? And then that purpose drives you. And I'll give you a very good example. Mm -hmm. My 14-year-old uh, daughter runs a non an official federal nonprofit agency. And she took her art, her love for art. To, to She got affected by people in India who didn't have arms. And she basically said, wow, they are painting so like." It's, it's this art is amazing and people think that they're disabled why should they think this is disabled i want to affect people with disabilities and illnesses and so she says dad i want to do something for these people with disabilities and illnesses i said as usual i said okay what's your intuition telling you when it's there when it strikes you you get that intuitive moment you let me know what it is and so that was december of 2018 
June of 2019. We're sitting playing board games and she just stares at the TV. Uh, and uh, I'm just thinking she, you know, she's just uh, daydreaming. She whips her head over and says, dad, I'm ready. I said, okay, what are you ready for? And she tells exactly how she wants to start heartification or what her, she wants to do with the art. She wants to write pop-up. She wants to have pop-up events where she can have people that would say uh, people who are um, those disabilities can come and paint for an hour, just express themselves to feel special. So we had a fundraiser. She raised 5,000. She was expecting 2,500. Uh, her, all her originals were sold within an hour because people came for the story and they, were, and they just got so enamored in that emotional connection that she did very well. And there, and then when we had the pop-up event, probably the most cathartic moment for her was there's a, a fellow by the name of Carl who had cerebral palsy and he was, he was starting to paint and he didn't paint. He's this 40 some, uh, 40 year old guy. He hadn't done any painting since he was in high school and his, his, his left arm is just violently shaking. And then he says, Avni, come here. Let me show you what this, this, the event is doing for me. And he starts to paint and his left arm starts stopping. It stopped. And he said, my brain is just open and it's just channeling and I'm painting and I feel free. And thank you so much for what you're doing. Wow. And that passion of art purpose, right? Who cares about the money? Who cares about raising funds? Because she felt so good in that moment. That's what her intuition is helping her do. So take that same feeling, that same momentum, and put it into art, in writing. And that's the vision you should have. How do I want to affect that person with my words? How is my painting going to make that person feel? How is my product or service going to help that person solve a problem that is so needing? And how do I make my messaging, my marketing, my website, uh, how I speak to them congruent with that? Because it's in the congruency that intuition is going to pick up on. If it's not congruent, like a lot of companies are doing today, I'm not buying your stuff. I'm not going to tell you. And I'm going to tell my other friends that I'm not buying your stuff. And now you've lost a whole whack load of people that are potential customers because you're gaming the system. And again, now you're back to getting bottom feeders because they'll come in, they'll buy your stuff. Eh. Okay. They're going to look to your competitors. And now you just open the door for competitors because they're beating you to the game because they're providing what I need. And if they are, I've deepened that relationship. So again, let's go back to opportunity cost. It's not that you're going to attract me with your product again. You have to extract me from the value I'm already getting from a competitor. We're back to two times the cost of getting me back as a customer. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think of a quote, uh, everything made with soul is very expensive. And when you're talking about passion and purpose being linked together, I mean, that's so important to me, especially right now mm -hmm. uh, with everything going on, uh, the, the gift of intuition. I really believe in a force sort of that is underpinning everything that's happening uh, within each and every person, you know, that mm -hmm. uh, whether you listen to this over here or that over there, doesn't matter. Uh, if you can learn to hone in on this intuition on our heart, then I think that we're all getting the messages that we need to be receiving you know, absolutely, um, which is just beautiful. And I, I, I love what you've done to make this so consumable and, and 
really honestly like as far as like the nuances of intuition you know because a lot of these sensations that you're speaking of i've certainly experienced myself uh whether it be the hair on the back of my neck believe it or not i have some uh or <laughs> it's, i have more on my back but you know um <clears throat> But yeah, whether it be that or just the slight uncomfortableness um, as well as the just ringing, like, you know, what I'm doing now is putting together basically a community, you know, I'm, I've, I've done the hashtag get coached as a kind of an absurd, silly thing, because I don't really want to be in charge of anybody or tell anybody anything, but I do want to build a community and basically bring people together who want to be a part of that community. And as we kind of go through what, what is unfolding, have like a, just a strong uh, a based sort of group of people who want to, you know, help each other along. And I've got a bit of an outline that, you know, like we're going to learn about this and put about eight years of research into models basically of reality. So we're going to explore all that, but I ultimately like look forward to learning from, all the people who are part of the group as much as I look for, forward to, to talking about some of these concepts because I am passionate about it. But like that purpose truly being like our center of gravity and igniting it with passion, like that is an unbeatable combination. I think it's beautiful that you, you've allowed your daughter or given her the opportunity to be able to pursue something like that, that they have that sort of freedom uh, in, in your home, in your environment to link that together, to go for it. Um, that's brilliant. The fact that she, you know, of course, a bunch of money more than she expected came in because she's not focused on that. She's focused on serving that passion, that intuition that led her down that path. And, and that's going to obviously ignite a much bigger chain of events than her trying to strategically manipulate uh, a bunch of people in order in, in order to give her money because obviously people are going to sm sniff that out because their intuition is going to tell them that that's out of resonance it's it's not congruent yeah um, so I just think that is absolutely brilliant. And I'm signing up for your uh, seven day challenge right now. Amazing. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. I'm super excited about it. And may maybe hopefully you could come and chat with us as a group at some point. We can uh, for talk sure. about that. Absolutely. I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, people take the challenge. They don't take the challenge. Get the ebook. They don't. Who cares? Uh, we'll set it up. Happy to answer any questions and really, really dig deep. Because it's very, very important that, uh, you know, I mean, my whole goal is to help as many people as I can one person at a time. Um, and, you know, whether it's just by listening to me or seeing a quote on my thing, as long as I can get that wave of change, that's good enough for me. And again, there's that purpose, right? Uh, my purpose, that's it. And if I can help other people do that, fantastic. I think it's beautiful. I think it's, I'm, I'm very much in alignment with what you're trying to do. I'm, 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 or what you're doing, excuse me. I've got to eliminate that word from my vocabulary. I've been catching that a lot lately. Um, I, I'm, I really, in a, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think it's beautiful. I think it's uh, the, the gift to Thank give. You. And uh, if there's any way I can help with what you're doing, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. So folks, Intuitionology, I'm, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. And like I said, I'm going to be uh, signing up for the seven day challenge. Right now. Sunil, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. No problem it. at all. Unbelievable.